Welcome to Season 5 of the Let's Talk Data podcast series, presented by SAP, where we explore game-changing technologies with leading experts. Hello, welcome to our Let's Talk Data podcast series. This is your channel run by SAP experts who discuss topics around data and data management. My name is Volker Hentjes. I'm Senior Director, SAP HANA Product Marketing, and I'm going to be your host today. And with me, I have two of my favorite colleagues who are going to introduce themselves uh, very soon. However, just up front, let me do uh, a disclaimer, because today we are going to talk about data privacy. And this is a very special topic. So the disclaimer is this is not going to be a legal advice, because we are not entitled to give legal advice on security topics. So just please keep it up and listen to our experts uh, on this exciting session. And the uh, subtitle of today's session is The Hidden Champion. So back to the introduction. Uh, I have with me Christine and Stefan, uh, my dear colleagues from SAP Development. Christine, please introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Kristen. I'm the solution manager for the HANA data privacy option. So that incorporates um, data anonymization as well as data masking. I'm very happy to talk about these topics today with you guys. And I'm Stefan. I am the lead developer for the SAP HANA data anonymization feature, and I'm excited about talking about data privacy today. Yeah, and as a team, uh, we help companies maintaining data privacy for their employees and customers while staying compliant with data protection and privacy regulations. So uh, to get started as a warm up, I have thought about to just get a feeling on the sensitivity of private data and sensitive data. So um, when I think about myself, when it's about uh, geodata, uh, I know I have my geo tracking feature in my smartphone enabled all the time, but sometimes I believe um, not everybody should know where I am right now, and maybe it, let's say, uh, for medical services or anything which is really of private nature. So, Christine, do you also have a good example maybe uh, about uh, private data that you do not want to share with others? Yeah, exactly. Um, as you're saying, the practitioner is actually a good example because um, whenever you go to the doctor and whatever you, uh, diagnosis you have, you don't want that diagnosis to be shared with anybody else, not with third parties. You really want to keep that between you and your doctor. So there we can see how important it is to really adhere to data privacy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, on the other hand, uh, it happens all the time that private data becomes accessible to third parties and uh, there are multiple ways. And um, Stefan, uh, looking from a technology angle, uh, probably um, what is the challenge here from your perspective? Well, the actual challenge of just storing the data or even sharing the data, regardless of its amount, that's not a big deal nowadays. Um, however, I mean, of course, you could think about sharing such kind of data, whether it's personal sensitive, could also lead to a lot of innovations. Would imagine, for instance, if you look at the healthcare data Christine was mentioning, and of course, I don't want to share that, but we could think about a lot of innovations and advances in healthcare if we could share such kind of data, while at the same time, of course, privacy is very important, if not the most important concern here. All right, so um, this then ends up in a question about technology. Would technology help us resolve this question or resolve this issue on keeping trust 
how do we share our data and keeping it maintained and keeping it protected at the very same time while giving others the opportunity to benefit from its value. So this is exactly what we want to talk about today. All right, so Christine, what comes to your mind on data privacy? Uh, do you have some personal experience where you were struggling with data privacy regulations or where to how to deal with your private data? Okay, so when we think about signing contracts, it's always that we're like faced with a lot of material and a lot of information on data privacy, and you usually have to give consent to different terms that your data can be used in order for you to receive personalized offerings. So there's always the question of, do I accept that so I do receive those personal offerings, or do I decline the usage of my data, of my private data so that I won't receive those offerings. So there's always this trade-off and it's so difficult to make that decision. On the one hand side, we want our data to be protected and not be used. But on the other hand, we do want these personal services to be received by, by ourselves. So it's, I think, a very complicated question and uh, everybody kind of faces that. this also when we go online because for just about any website, we're now asked to accept cookies. And there uh, we have exactly the same undergoings where we're having to accept cookies in order to have a more personal browsing or surfing web surfing experience. Yeah, right. And you never know where this data goes to when you say accept, right? And there's no transparency and therefore no trust. Yep. That's the thing. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Christine. Stefan, um, as a consumer, I'm frequently asked to share my data. However, in many cases, uh, this is completely untransparent to me. And I am lacking trust in, in sharing this into an anonymous environment. So can you give us uh, your um, impression why this mistrust uh, and what does it need to me as a consumer that I can trust in such a situation? Yeah, I mean, all day we share a lot of personal data, say, speaking of loyalty points, speaking about a geo-tracking feature you mentioned, Volker, and we don't really think about that. But once we look at the data trace we have there and we don't know what happens with it, this feeling of yeah mistrust because it's not transparent actually arises. Whether at the same time actually sharing data um, would be very important to foster innovations, but since we don't trust, we end up at the odd situation of not wanting to share data uh, because of these privacy issues. And I mean, from my point, point of view, if we had technology in place that could help us here, that could help to maintain my privacy, this would finally help to increase the trust and make more data available at the same time. Okay, so let me get back to Christine's dilemma. What if there was a technology that combines both upsides, keeping the privacy of my data while giving others the opportunity to get inside without the downsides of lost privacy and not having insight? Um, so that's the point here, I think. I was told you developed a technology called data anonymization that does exactly that, combining both advantages without the disadvantages. Can you let us know more about that, please? Yes, certainly. We developed a feature called SAPANA Data Anonymization, which can actually be applied to many different industries and many different use cases. And the effect is tremendous because the data, the person-sensitive data collected that was previously not accessible, 
to to those data protection and privacy laws and regulations, of course, is now available while we protect the privacy of the individuals at the same time. And this technology can, of course, help to foster innovation as well as to increase trust of our customers. So now that's exciting. Um, so now the, the champion isn't hidden anymore. Uh, how does this data anonymization work? Let me know. So what we can do is that we are rendering the information not sensitive anymore by being able to re-identify one particular individual in the end. And this is really the critical part um, that we disconnect the data from its owner and we will still remain uh, with the business value in the end. And the good thing is if we apply data anonymization, then we're not subject to um, GDPR or other data privacy laws and regulations. And uh, so the data, since it's not personal anymore, can then actually be used for machine learning or analytics purposes and use cases. Uh, so you still have the business value in the data, but you don't have the relationship to the privacy to the individual, right? So this means you can run reports about it and then work it without getting into conflict with GDPR. Did I get this right? That's correct. So, okay, that sounds exciting. I definitely want to know more about how this works in, in detail. Uh, Stefan, could you give us some more insight here, please? Yeah, so we have a couple of different technologies in SAP HANA. One of them is called Canumity, and it's very basically about hiding individuals in a crowd. So coming from the situations that certain information about yourself might make you unique, say, for instance, a combination of your age, the zip code you're living in, your hair color, things like that, you make sure that in the data set, at least a couple of persons have the same attributes which basically hide yourself within a number of individuals. So no information in particular can, can be relinked to you as an individual. Okay, got it. So um, let's say it's a very simple example. If I'm the only guy in the classroom who has the red shirt on and the teacher always said, hey, the guy with the red shirt, and then I tell my neighbor, why don't you pull on a red shirt yourself? And then I'm hidden in the crowd of people wearing red shirts, right? And I can't be identified anymore as a single person with that attribute. Is that it, what you're it, saying? Exactly. That's what's happening on database level. And of course, uh, it, it's not about changing a lot of data. It's just to making sure that once we change data, we have the privacy guarantee of at least a couple of persons wearing that red shirt or a couple of persons having this, the same attribute. So we end up at a situation where we might have less precise data. So for instance, not an exact age, rather than an age cohort of a specific person, but we still can get valid insights from it. Right, exactly, because I don't want to know the exact age of a person, but let's say I want to know if someone is younger than 50 or older than 50, if a certain, uh, let's say, medication would apply or something, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the situation. Got it. Exactly. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, it's not so difficult. So then the other technology used here is differential privacy. I was told that this has something to do with noise. Can you enlighten this one also, please? Yeah, there are various methods and research out there. Uh, and once was the Canimity part, as we just discussed, and the second uh, very well-known method is differential privacy, and it's basically a technology that randomizes data in a sense that, um, yeah, a certain information is blurred, that it doesn't make any sense anymore, uh, yeah, for a specific person. On the one hand, we add random values, which make 
single data sets, uh, sorry, single, single values, not usable anymore. But uh, again, coming to the situation of having a larger group of that data, for instance, the average uh, of the values stay intact. So the more data aggregate, um, the more precise the answers will be. Um, the less data aggregate, the less I do know about the persons involved in that particular aggregate, making an example of the average salary. So if you take a smaller group, we wouldn't wouldn't know any yeah, detail about the salary of that group. However, if we make a larger group, the resulting average salary becomes more precise. That sounds fantastic. And OK, I assume the larger the data set is, the more secure the technology is, right? Or the more reliable? Well, actually, uh, reliable in a sense that we get precise answers um, Mm. Uh, for the data we need, but for any individual, it is in ensured that the same privacy properties, of course, hold. So each individual will be as private as possible, even though the data set is small, but of course the answers will be not as precise as possible, or let's say as accurate as possible compared to the original data. Fantastic. Okay. I'm just thinking when it's about data privacy, I also often heard of technologies such as pseudonymization. So as far as I know, this is where you just replace names by random numbers, for instance. And I was told this is not enough to have a proper anonymization that is recognized by authorities like the EU. So for really, really uh, ensure that de-identification is, is not possible. So uh, can you give a little explanation what makes data anonymization different from e.g. Uh, pseudonymization? Yeah, so in fact, it is completely correct. So when you pseudonymize data, you're basically taking the names of Volker, Stefan and Kristen and you're replacing it with random numbers. So for example, one, two, three or four, five, six, seven or things like that. And the problem is that we still have um, attributes to ourselves that are not hidden and that are not, um, you know, hidden in a group. So um, if I would know Volker or if I know Kristen, then I would still be able, based on these other attributes that are still available in the data set, that I would be able to identify that particular person. And that's what we want to present, uh, prevent when um, using data anonymization. So since we're able to re-identify one particular person, um, data masking or uh, pseudonymization still falls under privacy laws and regulations. Okay, that is cool. So I, I, I'm really excited about this technology. So that would really mean um, I have all my, my private data in my business database, which I had locked uh, because uh, GDPR tells me I can't use it anymore. But now when I apply this smart technology and it, I might still uh, run my reports on that without violating any data privacy regulations. So that's, that is just amazing. Uh, a wonderful thing. So um, now that we learned all this exciting information, um, I can't wait to get my hands dirty. So how can I, as a user or customer, get actually access to this? Uh, Stefan, can you tell us? Yeah, it's technology embedded in SAP HANA. So every customer using SAP HANA can apply it right away. Of course, once there's the, uh, yeah, the correct version out there, it's available on-premise as well as in the cloud. Um, and it's also available if you don't have a HANA yet uh, within SAP HANA Cloud 
trial. So you could just kind of go ahead uh, and re register for the trial license and you could to use SAP HANA data anonymization. So you were saying I can uh, assign for a trial for free and I can get started right away in the SAP cloud? Yes, exactly. So you sign up for that, that trial license or SAP HANA cloud trial instance, and then you get a full-blown database where you can, for a couple of days, try out certain features, including SAP HANA anonymization, and can follow the examples uh, we have on our website. Wow, that's amazing. So as I've seen, uh, we have a website out there running www.sap.com slash HANA cloud, um, where it's very prominently placed that you can apply for a HANA cloud trial license. So uh, to all the listeners, if you can't wait to uh, try this out, just go there and apply for this trial. So uh, get started right away. Fantastic. So can you let us more, maybe a few examples of how customers achieved benefits with this technology, Christine? Okay. So as we talked a lot about healthcare already, I was um, wanting to make one customer example that we're currently working on. And actually, it's about a hospital that approached us around about in July last year. And they asked us if we could anonymize um, COVID-19 patient data. And that for us, I mean, was quite a, a challenge, obviously, because it's patient data. And we've previously stated how sensitive it is. And um, the thing was like that due to um, the amount of data that had been collected at this particular hospital, um, um, there was a certain learning from curing COVID-19, meaning that different ethnical backgrounds, different preconditions led to different treatments. And uh, the hospital said it would be fantastic if we could share that data so that other practitioners, research institutes and other hospitals even could access that database and understand how to best cure um, patients that have certain preconditions. And this is exactly what we worked on. So we anonymized that data so that uh, we had this kind of, let's say, shareable database so that other healthcare institutions were able to access the data in order to better understand how to cure um, patients that felt ill of COVID-19. So you are saying uh, data anonymization is really has the potential or is actually uh, really now working on helping us getting a cure, uh, a therapy or a treatment uh, that helps up with the, with the global pandemic. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it is definitely also contributing to to helping um, saving lives from people that have fallen ill of COVID-19. That is nothing but amazing. Wow. Thanks for sharing, Christine. That is uh, very impressive information. Okay, Christine, can you probably share uh, another example from a different industry? Sure. For example, in the sports industry, imagine you go to a football game or a basketball game and you really like to wear, you know, that particular jersey. But it's like for that provider that sells the jersey, um, how does he know what is in the best interest of his fans, of his customers, really? So if he'd be able to, you know, to better understand, to actually analyze the data that's coming from fans, it would be tremendous in order to really target the offerings that uh, can actually be made to to fans because maybe the wearing of the jersey 
is not what fans actually want. Maybe they actually just want to have a banner or they want to have a pair of trousers with their favorite team. So, you know, if you would better understand your customers or your fans in this case, you could really better target the different products and the different services you're offering to your fans. Amazing. Once again, an exciting example. And I think to the audience, this shows us that data anonymization is not just a geeky technology or rocket science. It's really helping very urgent. Um, it's helping resolving very urgent uh, daily problems. And it's also helping the actual consumer or even if it's a sports guy um, to um, get to information they otherwise would not have been able to uh, get access to. and. Um, would also enable interesting um, business applications or just even informative um, information portals to the public. So a great technology and um, apart from um, getting the trial license that uh, would help if you are a developer, but if you are a daily consumer or a business guy who just want to affiliate him or herself on this technology and read some examples, see some demos, see some educational videos, maybe. Christine, um, where do you think can we um, send the people to uh, to learn more about this? So there is actually a website, um, HANA Data Anonymization, which uh, can be accessed there. We have a lot of brochures, tutorials, links to videos that we have on YouTube. And there's also the Subhana Journey um, website that has a section, a learning track on data anonymization. And there actually um, it's a step by step guide almost with videos and um, some written blogs on how to um, how to really set up the, the features, the views and to, to really use data anonymization. Wonderful. So something there for any taste, you say, huh? That is exciting. So now given I might be uh, a business person and I, or maybe I'm also a, an app developer and I have an idea, a use case for data privacy I have in mind. And I would like to discuss it with an expert. Who could I turn to? Yeah, sure. Reach out to us uh, because, like I mean, as, as Christine mentioned, two different use cases beforehand. There are tons of opportunities out there, and we are very excited to hear about. And and if you have certain questions, of course, also to help you. So uh, feel free to reach out to us personally, uh, to for Christine or myself, um, or of course to your sales representative to get more information and get in touch. So you're saying I can share your mobile phone number and email address de-anonymized uh, to anybody who's asking? <laughs> exactly, something like that. All right, I'll count on me, I will do that. And be prepared for the big wave to come here. I'm I'm sure if people can't wait when they hear this podcast to, to learn more about it and um, get it, get their hands dirty. Okay, um, to close uh, all these data protection and privacy concerns, each and every one of us, I think this is the learning from today's talk here. Um, this is why we need to ensure that our data is treated with digital responsibility. And during this podcast, we discussed that the careful and trustworthy processing of personal data is possible, while at the same time, being able to analyze or initiate machine learning scenarios with such data. We look forward to having you joining the next Let's Talk Data podcast. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Christine and Stefan, for all the valuable information you provided. 
Thanks for joining. Thanks, Volker. Thank you. Bye-bye.